episode of the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. That show that gets you started down that rabbit hole, the paranormal, with little sweet topics and tidbits for the mind to ooh and ah at. And uh, recently I was going back to the old catalog and listening to some of the older shows. And what can I say but I listened to the Van Meter Monster um, episode. And there's there's a lot of things that have been like super revealed and, and, and a lot of cool things that I, I would like to go back and cover. But at the same time, I did cover a lot uh, in listening to it. Um, you know, there's some movements with... But anyways, it's just go check that episode out. It's really good. And go listen to more episodes of the Van Meter Monster. You'll learn more information. Um, you know, this is why this show's called the Paranormal Rabbit Hole, because we start you down the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. Guys, come on. Also, it's evergreen content. It's stuff that just, it does. It jump starts you and goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who can't see, I've got my hand waving in the air with my finger up going, ah, yes, that light bulb moment of that paranormal event. Um, There's one event that we're going to cover next week. I'm really excited to talk about. It's an alien uh, abduction event or an attempt event, if you will. And we're going to talk about that. Um, It's really cool. It involves, uh, it involves robots and aliens. So, Really, really awesome story. Tune in for that one. Um, there is a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, I will go over that next episode. There's a lot of events that are coming up in October uh, that I personally want to go to and check out and just kind of enjoy as a fan of the paranormal and, and also kind of, you know, introduce myself to people and say, hey, you know, I, I'm Hunter. How you doing? Because that's who I am. That's who, that's who I be. That's who I be. Um, but no, no, no. It, it's something that I've been interested in doing is going to a con because I, I've often said, yeah, I've, I've thought about it and, and I did. I did think about this because I went to a convention and one of the people that was appearing at the convention, you know, had foregone a booth. And he was just kind of walking around, chilling out, and he had like a, a person who had like s- stuff he could sign with, and he could sign real quick everywhere. And somebody said, "Hey, dude, why are you just walking around, man? Why aren't you at a booth like where you could be comfortable?" And he goes, "Why? I'm here at a convention. Like, I want to walk around. I want to see what's for sale. I want to because that changes every place that's you know different. That I go to these different conventions, it always changes what's for sale." who's out there, what people have great costumes. And he's like, I can't interact. I don't get to have fun. I am, I'm stuck in a, behind a table. And I thought that's gotta be so boring for these guys that are at these conventions for like, I mean, being on panels is one, one different thing because then they get to share information. Like I, I would love to see uh, Bob and Brittany from uh, tales from the dark and, and phantom farm. Um, they're going to be there. And I think Tate, Tyler and uh, Tyler Terry and uh, Austin 
and oh my god, I forget the other guy's name, but everybody from Phantom Farms is going to be in in Nashville, and I'm excited to go hear those guys talk about that experience because that was a great, uh, a great. It was, I mean, good evidence. First of all, period, good evidence because even when I had to go back and watch it, I had to watch it twice. Uh, or four or six times, you know, uh, who's judging with seven, uh, teen, uh, thousand, uh, no, it was a good healthy seven times actually, because I wanted to keep going back over it and I just kept stopping and going, oh, okay. okay. Anyways, to make a long story short, I analyzed it too much and was like, okay, you know what? They have some, some great evidence here. They have some very compelling, real evidence and it's good it's hard to kind of, I'm like, oh man, how could they do it themselves if they wanted to? That'd be kind of hard because it sounds like it's just right there, right there beside them. And you're like, hmm, okay. And so I I, I couldn't, I, I had a hard time finding anything that could pass as an alternative to that evidence. Um, And that's just not me gushing because... If you if you know me, I'm a very big critic of the paranormal because you've got and I've said it before and I'll say it again. You got to be careful. You got to be careful with what you watch and what you go, and you got to be able to walk, go back and scrutinize it and watch it back. And you know, for them, I found that their evidence was very compelling, very compelling, um, very amazing, and they did a great job with that documentary. And I hope to see a lot more out of them, a ton, a ton more out of them. Uh, it's like watching a Seth Breedlove documentary. I love it. I love watching it. It's great, uh, and and I love it because Bob's like me. He's a he's a big fan. He, I mean, obviously knows way more than me about John Kill, and I'd love to have him on the show to talk about John Kill and Mothman, uh, just because of his knowledge on that subject alone. That that's the subject that I want to pick his brain the most about is John Kill and Mothman. So, uh, if anybody knows him, throw out some throw, throw out some some grapevines there uh i'm sure i could reach out to him myself and be like hey dude i know you're busy um but i'm just saying you know it, it, it'd be great to talk to him and and pick his mind about john keel very excited um but let's talk about tonight's subject uh f- but first you know i gotta do it go to instagram check out the paranormal rabbit hole podcast all one word in your search bar Follow us there. It's just a hop, skip, and jump away. And then go down to the bottom of the podcast page. Like, what's your, you know, how you pause this and resume it when you accidentally close it out, like I do a few times with my podcasts. Go to the bottom of that page and hit that five star. Drop that five star. Hit it. Just slap it. Punch it in the face. And it's phone face. And it's handsome phone face. Um, and then walk away like the badass that you are, that you just karate chopped a phone in the face. Um, I don't know. I don't, that went it somewhere eventually. Um, but no, just go ahead and hit five stars because unfortunately the rating system goes five stars is the only thing you get. That's good. Anything below keeps you down here with the uh, others that are not as great as five-star period. And it sucks because it's like a hotel or something. They 
if you don't give them a five star, they're like, mm, what did you do wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I was doing good. I mean, we are doing good. And thank you, Ohio. Thank you, Ohio. I see you. I see you. I see you, Buckeyes. Or if you're not Buckeyes fans, I apologize. Uh, but I see you, Ohio. I see you. Thank you. I see the love and I appreciate it. So go ahead and drop more love. Um, but other than that, yes, you guys are doing great. Canada, UK, all of you are tuning in. A lot of countries listening, and we, I, I love it. Um, you know, um, my producer Renee, she loves it. She loves the the happiness that it puts in my eyes, uh, the gleam of of joy that puts in my eyes. We'll say, but enough blathering. Let's get into tonight's topic, please, please. We've killed eight minutes talking about random things that we're going to be doing. It's fun. It's fun though. I like it. And a lot of people seem to like that kind of random talk before an episode. Some people don't. Sorry. I apologize. Eight minutes before we get into the topic. It kills me too. Sometimes I'm like, please go on. Just do. And so we're going to talk about kittens for another 10 minutes. No, um, tonight we are talking about, as you saw in the title, an episode that I'm very excited to bring because I, I heard about this and I was like, okay, yes, I love this. Um, and, and immensely enjoyed it. And so we're going to get into it. Um, this happened around the 1800s, right before the turn of the the century, you know, right before the 1900s. And I mean, right before it was 1891, this was in Fresno, California. And what had occurred is it seems that there were two prehistoric like animals or two dragon like animals that were flying around and maybe causing a mischief but maybe it was fake so they were like well let's let's do something about this well yeah well it was kind of uh, put into newspapers so kind of got out of hand there and, and a lot of people went into the territory to kind of look as you do with the kind of think of kind of think of think of think of the the of the Iowa the Van Meter monster you know think about that one you know it, it comes from a coal mine uh, seen with another one of its kind a little later. You know, there's a lot of information that's, you know, new and cool. But think of that. Think of, um, there's other things that are like that. And I had one and now I've forgotten it because it, 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 it is. It's like you, you can, oh, oh, um, what's the one that uh, they were like, oh, it's a kangaroo. It was a kangaroo. But then it was like, no, it had three legs and, two arms on the front and destroyed some kid's shoe that one and other things like that. They're just, you know, Oh, well this is it. And that explains that kind of a thing that you're like, well, no, it doesn't really explain it. That's what this is. So again, 1891, this happened. Uh, and it, it is recounted in newspapers all the time. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff in was going around and being circulated uh you know pictures of guys killing animals and dinosaurs and big birds and and 
giant thunderbirds, you know, and, and pictures of giant crows on barns and stuff like that. It was around that time that this was kind of going on, that these reports had come up and this was in the Fresno area that it, it was a very cool event. So as I'm reading over all this stuff, I'm thinking, what could this be? Oh, well, what could this be? Oh, okay. Well, that changes my mind because it gets a, a lot, it, a lot happens. It starts out one way and it starts out when you read this report, you're like, Oh man, is this a book or a movie or something? Is this, are you, you know, pulling much? No, it's the report for this creature. Um, and if it does come out later that it's some kind of hoax writing, then dang, bravo, bravo. Well done. Well written. Um, so this is all a very strange event. Like I said, when I, I recount this to you and I read this back to you, keep in mind that this is a news report from the Chronicle. Uh, and, and it goes over these events as they are retold. So it is, it is very unique. There's probably a lot of fanciful writing, but also at the same time, there's something else to it. And it's a very good story to, to kind of introduce yourself to, you know, the possibilities of things surviving. Like it's just great. So let's stop talking about that and let's get back into this very quickly. And very fortunately. So, uh, the Fresno mystery is again, unique. So Fresno, July 31st, uh, the, the Chronicle, it, it has it written as such. The report that two strange dragons with wings have recently appeared in the swamps of East Selma, which is where this is taking place in Fresno, was at first regarded by many as a sensational story without foundation, in fact. But after different persons at different places had claimed to have seen strange creatures, it began to be thought worth investigating. So right out of the bat, they're like, okay. At first we thought, you know, this is kind of crazy. Um, I love it because a lot, and that happens a lot with things that you would hear about. And then you go, that's just hoopla. That's insane. There's no merit to that. And then later on, you're like, okay, okay. That's weird. That's weird. It's like when we were all like, yo, Alex Jones is crazy. And then he did, what was it? Bohemian Grove. And you're like, well, he's still crazy, but he was right about that. So mm, that's weird. I don't like that. I don't like that. He's right about anything. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that makes me uncomfortable that he was right about that, but that's just one thing. So, but crap, that's crazy. It's stuff like that. Or when, you know, the government's like, Hey, you know, those UFOs that we said were videos that weren't UFOs, well, they're UFOs. Uh, we're going to talk about them now. You're lucky, <laughs> you know, it's like that. It, it, it's these things that are being seen and then all of a sudden, well, they're like, hey, you saw how much? What now? 
Okay. Okay, what? Hang on. That's what we're getting in. That's what people, you know, start to go, hmm, we may have a problem here. So the the sightings go as follow here. The sightings go as follow that uh, there are a lot of people who live along the swales and sand hollows east and southeast of Selma. So this is where, uh, you know, uh, it's a, again, it's a swampy area in Fresno, California. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, trees with, with moss. Um, trying to give you exactly what it would be here. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's, it's like, a. this is hard to describe because I'm not like a landscaper or anything at all. And I don't know how to describe a, a swales cause it shows what it is, but I can't describe it. Uh, it's like a, a grass valley for water. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, it's purposefully there. Uh, it, it's like, it, it's a, it's a valley of grass that's there for water to collect in. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's all. That's all I can tell you. And like, uh, it's a it's a swampy area with a lot of hollow rocks and and stuff around uh sand hollows look just uh, google it <laughs> just google it there you go uh and it's uh southeast of selma on the evening of july 13th they these gentlemen were walking around and were like oh let's just enjoy the evening air it's 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 late and i don't know what they were doing out there but they were just walking around you know that's that's cool. Go walk, go for a walk in the late evening and enjoy yourselves. Um, and they were walking around. Probably, you know, they were probably attending to animals, literally. Um, but they were walking around and they heard strange sounds in the air just after dark. And it sounded to them like the rushing of wings of something large, like a large bird or, or something else as it would, you know, fly over in the air, you know, like that, that sound of air whipping through wings. So they heard that. And then they thought they heard something that resembled a swan calling, uh, but different enough to make it clear that, it, that it obviously wasn't a swan. Like, Oh, that's, what was that? It sounded strange. Um, they didn't see anything. They just heard the sounds and heard the cries. And then around 10 o'clock, the cries heard off in the distance going towards Kings River. It, they they hear it, but it starts to lessen. And by 10, they're gone and it's quiet again. So they're like, okay, well, definitely going to tell somebody about this. And, and they do. And so they... They don't re- like it says they uh, it, they don't really th- see anything whatsoever. They just hear the sound of wings passing overhead, the sound of these calls that sound like a swan, but it's not a swan. 
and you're like, man, okay. Hmm. They said it's a big bird. Dang. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's not go down there anymore. But no, seriously, it, it is strange and unusual. They hear this and hear these strange calls. Next up, though, you're going to be even more blown away because it's it gets even even weirder. So after that, uh, Mr. A.X. Simmons, um, who is four or five miles from Reedley, uh, he, he, he had his land visited and a large number of chickens killed and partly eaten. Uh, he said it was a mystery as to what had done the mischief as was plainly not the work of coyotes or any ordinary night prowler. So he describes this scene as many of his animals being bitten, just clean into and half devoured. Uh, others have been crushed as though they were, you know, put into big jaws and just snapped like just crushed and just left there. Uh, they didn't have any idea who had done it. Uh, you know, these guys know when it's a coyote, they know when it's a natural predator that's out there that they have faced a thousand times. They're used to those scenes. They said this seemed a little more brutal, you know, a little more vicious. I mean, these are things were torn in half and left half devoured and, you know, bites and crushed and, uh, and, and, you know, they were like, we, you know, we know a lot of animals that would do stuff, but we know what that looks like. I don't know what this is. Uh, and they were freaked out of course. So they, they, you know, saw and they were like, okay, well, it looks like it came from a big dog, like a coyote, maybe. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Nobody cared anything else about it until around July 19th. So, sorry, I was enjoying a beverage. Uh, when a carriage load of young people were returning home from a picnic at Clark's Bridge, it was about 10 o'clock at night when they had reached the lower swamp six miles from Selma. Uh, they were startled by a distant cry and a moment later heard a fearful rush of pinions through the air overhead. Um, the monsters, to a number, were plain in sight, for the moon shone brightly, and they were circling rapidly through the air, swooping down and again rising high up and making strange, unusual calls that are kind of familiar but not familiar. Um, and then you could also hear, uh, as they would make their calls, they'd kind of whip their their jaws through the air and snap and, and bite and, you know, uh, kind of dip down and, and fly at the kids. And so the kids were like, you know what? F this, we're out of here. Fuck it. Let's go. And, and whip the horses said, let's get to it. Come on. Uh, and the horses were like, yeah, you no, know, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no, we're out. Peace. It. I got you. Don't have to hit me again. We're going. I'm also freaked out and do not like this. Uh, the horses said, let's go. 
Let's go. Uh, all too, all too happy to oblige. I'll tell you. Um, and so the, you know, they, they kind of went through and, uh, and, and saw these creatures and said, you know, had enough. Let's beat feet and dip out of here. And they did. So, um, I'm on their side. So these things are not just being seen by one or two people and people like, okay, you know, whatever, Farmer Tom. And they point, you know, they're like, (laughs) it's not, that's not what's going on here. These people are, you know, seeing something. They're trusted people. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's one that I would be like, okay, we need to do something about this and keep it, you know, under wraps. Uh, you know, it's going after kids now. That's not good. That's not good. So, on July 21st, uh, Harvey Lemon and Major Henry Height, who were out looking for their hogs, or looking after their hogs, uh, that feeding the tools, they said they were coming back to Selma where they heard a strange strangling noise in the deep swell under the bridge. Uh, and then in a moment, there was a heavy flapping of wings and the two monsters rose slowly from the water and flew so near the men that the wind from their wings was plainly felt. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome sauce. No, seriously. Very interesting event. Very, very different. Because these guys are seeing these things. And the first kind of report of how they look comes from Mr. Height describing them as resembling birds except they had no feathers and their heads were broad and their bills long and wide. He judged the expanse of their wings was no less than 15 feet. Their bodies were without covering. Their eyes were very large and he was not sure, but less than four inches in diameter. So very interesting description and and it's, Strange. So we get kind of the first, the first things that we get are strange noises, strange calls. And then of of course the sound of large wings flapping. That's the first event that we get. Second event is we get, you know, a lot of chickens and, and probably geese and duck that have been, you know, bitten in half and eaten and then we see, you know, a little more evidence of sound. And, and then we get to young people being attacked and a carriage. Well, not being attacked, but being, you know, maybe being, you know, checked out and, you know, zoomed in on and being like, hey, what's that? What's in our territory? What's going on? Could be, could be that. Just saying, ooh, hit the, I'm hitting all kinds of things. Things are getting knocked over and. 
Ah, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah. So, and and he again, we have a a good description now of kind of what they look like. So, there had been no effort at this time to kind of capture or or hunt down the dragons. So that's when our story goes into that obvious turn to. Okay, we've drawn a crowd. This event is very big. We've got to keep it under control. Let's let's kind of get this thing and, and see if we can't find out what it is. So a J.D. Daniels of Sanger heard about this and on Wednesday went over to Selma and joined those who were going out to capture the dragons. Your correspondent saw Mr. Daniels today and had from him the account of the surging party it is best given by mr daniel's words that when i reached selma i found the company which with me consisted of five persons preparing to go down to hog lake and set watch this is a small pond of water and was considered a liable as liable as any to be visited by these monsters we drove out to the lake, and being no brush convenient for hiding in, we dug holes in the bank, and soon after dark, we took our places in the holes with our guns at the ready for what could be done in case the visitors put in an appearance. Uh, that's interesting. So they went down to the lake, dug holes, and said, All right, these are great holes. I'm very proud of you all. Let's get in these holes. See what happens. Um, that sounds terrible. That's not how I meant that. But you know what? That could be exactly what they meant. They're like, hey, let's get in these holes. See what happens. But uh, they stayed there. Stayed there till about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. Nothing happened. And then about 10 o'clock that next day on Thursday, they found out, oh, hey, weren't there. Sorry. They were in Horn Valley. Up, up, up in Horn Valley. Don't worry about it. But who knows? Well, uh, that that didn't sit well with someone. Mister Tippleton said, "You know what? Nah, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me." Uh, they were up in Horn Valley. Well, you know, I was up. I was in a hole until three a.m. Don't like that. Not a fan of that. So. <laughs> Um, it, 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 it goes to show that he was ready to rock. So he says, Hey, news reporter, let's go back up there and see if anything just shows up. Just see if anything happens. So, uh, this is the account from here in the news reporter. Um, Again, you got to remember, they're trying to catch it. So they went back up there. And about 11 o'clock, the cries were heard in the direction of Kings River. So if you remember when they first heard these strange sounds, they were going in the direction of Kings River. Uh, basically, heard it, and then seemingly two or three miles away, the ominous, from uh, two or three miles away, the ominous sounds drew closer. Uh, and in a few moments, we heard the rush of roaring wings. They said it was so, the, the sound was so hideous that it made their hair stand on end. So the two creatures came swooping down 
and circled around and around the pond in rapid whirls, seemingly kind of checking it out, seeing if there's anything that they could, you know, eat or, you know, just kind of checking it out, seeing if it was safe to go down there and, you know, just kind of cruise around and see what food was around. Uh, start the process of hunting, you know, maybe, I don't know. But uh, they circled around and then kind of goofily splashed into the water and, you know, swayed and swam around and floundered around and just kind of got wet and, and, you know, got used to being in the water and it started going after like ducks and mud hens. Uh, Mud hens are like a, a bird. They're like a blackbird with big feet. They live in the water and they can kind of swim really good. Um, and so th- th- this apparently was one of their favorite creatures because uh, they said they were just kind of swimming around, snapping them up and eating them. And they said when they saw them, they got very close with uh, within like just a few yards. And they could see that instead of having a bill like a bird, it was like a snout like an alligator. Uh, their teeth could be seen every time they snapped their jaws as they passed by. Um and they said that their eyes were always open. They seemed to be looking around, always open, just darting around, always open. Um, just checking stuff out. Very strange. Uh, their wings were on their backs, and they kind of looked like frogs when they were swimming. And they were just kind of, like it says, just darting around, checking it out. So they, these guys found the, the best opportunity, leveled their guns, took a shot, hit one, one flew off and made, you know, the cry that it, they make. Uh, the other floundered about in the water till it got to the edge of the pond. And then when it crawled out, dragging its injured wing, it took off across the plains. Uh, they loaded their guns, gave chase, but they lost sight of it. Uh, and they're like, we lost sight because it was just even for an injured animal. It booked it. It took off. Um, which reminds me of the Van Meter Visitor. They say that it kind of took off. So, anyways, boys and girls, back on track. They said, all right, look, all we can do right now, we hear hear off in the distance the cries. All we can do now is just kind of come back the next day, head that way where we heard it, follow a blood trail, and, and, you know, see where we can find it. So that's what they did. They came back with a large company, um, and went in pursuit of the creature and trailed it by the blood on the grass and followed it for three miles to a, a juniper slough. So, um, that, that's interesting because they say that they followed it with a blood trail. That makes me very interested to see what they did like if they if they did like honestly did you not grab any of it 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 would be a good idea to kind of take some of that up and you know just to have it, it, it's to me it seems i don't know it, it that would be interesting to have um i don't know if you'd be able well see but also at the same time i don't know if you'd be able to do anything with it to, to be real. So you would have to, um, you know, you'd have to know what you're doing with that kind of a thing from, 
anyways uh from that time period too like would that dna stay in a good you know so probably not anyways they followed the bloodstream um but they they just couldn't they couldn't find it so uh it could have been, you know, its body could have been concealed in the tools and the rushes that, you know, were around. Um, where it passed on the bank, though, they found several feet. They cut it out with a spade, and after letting it dry, uh, it was given to a Mr. Snodgrass, which that sounds like a great idea. Let's give it to Mr. Snodgrass. Seems cool. Um, and... It seemed like that of an alligator, but more circular in form. It had five toes with a strong claw on each, and the track was 11 inches wide and 19 long. Um, maybe some kind of pterodactyl species is what they could be, but they didn't kill it. They didn't, they, they, it doesn't say that they killed it. They didn't find a body. So, you know, who, who knows, who knows, but boys and girls, that is the Fresno dragon. So let's talk about what this thing could be. So first of all, could be a dragon. Uh, I want to talk about the sound that it makes. So they talk about when they're, you know, tending to their pigs, they pass by this bridge and they hear this kind of a weird strangling, deep, strange, or a strange strangling noise in the swale under the bridge so it's to me it sounds like they heard a strange gurgling noise and when i think of strange gurgling so and i love this because they are so unique and so cool and so ancient um if you watch videos of alligators and crocodiles they will do this thing where they will be in the water and when they communicate they communicate with this rumbly like growl and they do it and it sounds when you hear it 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 sounds like it's coming from like somebody getting choked or somebody gurgling and it sounds very strange but it's very deep and very rumbling and very cool and very unique and very different and and it's and it's so cool uh, seriously, go check it out on YouTube. Uh, it's very neat. But we've got, in this story, I love it because we have, first of all, we have the sound of wings and the large sound of wings. These things were big, six feet, pretty big. But again, we have witnesses saying, you know, they hear these loud wings and they're like, okay, what the shit is this? Then animals getting attacked and then people getting, you know, swooped at. All of these things combined and we have this story of these creatures and then they finally see them and you know at first you see what they appear to be a bird with a long a long beak but it's not a beak it's not like an alligator uh it's six foot long it hasn't they don't talk about tail really but it, it could be these dragons could be dragons they could be you know the pterodactyls that you that speed there's a certain species that you will always see of a pterodactyl that's old image where it has the long uh, the long with snout with teeth and then the, the spaded tail, um, you know, kind of like a dragon. Uh, a remorse for, I, I can't think of it right now. I, I, it's beyond me. Um, 
there are a few species of, but there's a lot of interesting species of pterosaur uh, out there um, that that I love. I think it's Tepihara. It's it's a really cool one that has this cool crest, uh, but they're really cool, and it's a great explanation for why dragons, you know, are are part of our mythos and why we think about them and sky serpents. So, but anyways, these dragons, so these people, these guys shoot at them. They have this description of them looking like alligators and having wings on their backs and no real description of front legs, just back legs. Uh, but they, they talk about, you know, wounding one, and it, you know, running off and, and not finding a body. So that's it, all of it. All of it's just one pretty freaking awesome. And two, very strange and unusual that they reported this and that they saw this and this is what they were going after. And uh, they never did find a body of one. And the description of them, them kind of being bird-like, but they're reptilian bird-like and they don't really have wings or feathers. They just, you know, have these, you know, almost hairless bat-like wings that are, you know, they're like leather. And they're big and you know, long snout and they, and you know, of course I love, I love the previous descriptions of just hearing the noise of being like, yo, that's a big, something with big wings. And then you finally see it. It's just like a movie. It's like jaws. You know, you, you hear about it, you see it. And then it's like, Oh, okay. This is the threat. We're screwed. We need a bigger boat. You know? Um, and I, and I love that with the Fresno dragon story because they go after it, they see it. They're like, okay, shit, these are, this isn't a bird. It's more reptilian, it looks like, an alligator snout. So we need to be a little more careful. You know, it's eating these waterfowl, and that's how they're surviving. There's a there's a plausibility for their survival as they're like, okay, yep, this exists. These exist at that time. There you go. There's a plausibility for survival. And it just adds and adds and adds, and it's really fucking cool. And I love that shit. I love it a lot. So I'm very happy to say that the Fresno Dragons just gets my approval because it's so badass. Now, could it be something natural? Could it have been big, just alligators? And these guys were artistic licensing a story to get people to come to a small town. Who knows? Uh, maybe not. I don't think I'd want people trying to bum rush my town looking for dragons. I think I'd want it to be either my town's special thing or we handle it and be sure that it's actually really something that we need to involve other people with. Um because you don't want random assholes either going out there and dying or going out there and shooting up the woods and killing somebody. And that's, you know, my feelings for it. You don't want to kill the animal either. Let's keep those cryptids alive. But it's it's interesting because they saw these things, put them in the newspaper. Um, and it's such a great story. I love it. So, guys, that's it. That's this episode of the Paranormal Rabbit Hole. I hope you enjoyed it. It's the Fresno Dragons. It's a great story. Look it up dive deeper connections to the van meter monster who knows very strange very unusual event but i was excited to bring it to you thank you very much for listening thank you so much for listening actually we appreciate you guys every day uh, but here you go enjoy the episode good night